Welcome to the Creative Land Podcast Network. Join us as we share our favorite RPGs, one-shot games, tabletop games, reviews of items, and convention panels, and other exciting things that we run into from time to time. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com slash cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. So we're we're gonna basically you know give you guys a little bit of information about ourselves and then from there um, really leave it open to you to find out exactly what you want from us you know other otherwise we'll just mammer on forever right. um, so and we'll you know, keep it short and sweet and all those important things uh, but I am Ginger from Midnight Orchid Design um, I've been in business for over ten years uh, a hobbyist for about five of it and going strong for six. Six to seven, actually. Um, started as a seamstress at the age of nine, won my first um, competition at 11 uh, as a Civil War stitch counter seamstress, and then I morphed into um, belly dancer, because I'm also a professional belly dancer on the side, and um, you know, got pulled into the steampunk world and met all these lovely humans that you know are part of my journey. So, I'm Tony, I am with Mad Etcha. I do freehand glass engraving. It started about 20 years ago. Uh, somebody had left a Dremel in our house, and I started flipping through the pages, looking at all the wonderful things you can do. And then I noticed, why don't we throw out glass when I can just doodle on it and make it pretty? Thus began my adventure. I've been in business for about 10 years, and it's been great. I am also a chronic dabbler, so I do a lot of other stuff too, but it's been a heck of a journey and a lot of fun. And yeah. Yay! <laughs> she, she's so much more than that. Um, my, name is, my name is Shannon. Um, I'm the owner-operator uh, weirdo of uh, Unclaimed Treasures. Um, I specialize in uh, resin-sealed bone jewelry and electroforming. Um, just super fun, mad science and steampunk stuff. It's great. Um, probably been committed hardcore real business, um, mostly profitable for about five-ish years, but creative and dabbling for years and years before that, so it's exciting to feel it come to fruition. Um, yeah, I, I'm incredibly blessed to have met these ladies on my journey, and uh, again, we're here to talk about how we support each other, and I'm so grateful for their support, so love you guys. <laughs> uh, I'm Danielle. I own uh, Earthly Leather Design, and I also co-own Axe and Bear Trading. I'm a second-generation leather worker. My dad, uh, he does motorcycle stuff, so I, I kind of learned my basics from him. Um, we've been doing the leather business for um, 10 years, but I've been doing leather my whole life, like, out of the womb. It was like pants belt. <laughs> um, and then about five-ish years ago, we started Axe and Bear Trading, which is... Um, we sell like fur and taxidermy and bones, and then I 
create bone art also, which we'll be doing the oh, curiosity cabinet in a jar workshop later today around four. If you would like to sign up for that, also, um, yeah, it's pretty quick. Yeah. I've been friends with Ginger for ten plus years. I've known Tony for five, and Shannon probably about the same. Yeah. So yeah, I think we're closer to twenty because yeah, I've been doing that other part of our world for twenty five now. So we we've, we've known each other for about twenty years. Long time, y'all. Long time. <laughs> <laughs> no one will tell anybody. Or wrinkle cream. Y'all are good. <laughs> Age is just a number. <laughs> um, so I think the goal of this panel was to, for us to be able to share information yeah. on how we collaborate and how we help each other succeed. And we also just think we're really fun people to hang out with. So. Well, we, we traveled from Virginia, New Jersey, Virginia, New York. Pennsylvania. Sorry, New York. I'm sorry, New York. Sorry. Don't, yeah, don't She's going to kill me later. <laughs> so we're the whole way on the other side of the... The planet here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so just to let you know, we couldn't be here without, without all each of other us doing yes. that. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the big things is when we made this decision to come out here was how could we collaborate together, you know, get a, you know, Tony did a wonderful job of facilitating, um, getting our booth spaces set up um, and being able to plan all of it together so that we could blend together, yeah. you know, make the most of the amount of space that we had to work with and be able to drive 2,000 miles across the country to be here um, for multiple different states. So that was a big, big Seven journey. people, three cars. Yes. <laughs> One mission. Let's <laughs> go. Coming to Netflix 2023. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so to just start off with, we'll let you do questions. Yeah, anybody have a question? We'll just online. talk at y'all, but if you've got <laughs> questions, yeah, please. I'm full time. Yeah. Ginger's full time. Well, I am now. Yeah. Um, so how I went from hobbyist was I was actually I'm an interior designer and a, a construction worker in, in my used to be. She does great kitchens. Yes. <laughs> um, but that was my full time job. And I always, I mean, I've been sewing since I was a kid. It was just something that always existed in my background. And um, as things fell apart, businesses that I was working for uh, discovered that working for other people was not fun anymore. And um, I ended up with a situation a couple years ago where actually I almost had a heart attack. And my, um, I was given six months to figure out what to do with my life. I had just enough income coming in and I was like, all right, let's see if I can bring this business to fruition and uh, I signed up for a couple guest spots with PA Renfair and um, I, did I drag you along the first year? Not first year. Okay. okay. First year. Oh that's right. No, I, I uh, partnered with my brother who actually builds yurts which is how I had a tent to do it. Um, collaboration. So, yes, collaboration. <laughs> you know, you, you have to have one with the other to survive. Um, I went in for two weekends. Their vendor coordinator actually insisted on me staying for the rest of the run. And with that, I was able to you know, rebuild my house and literally start my business. And then so, that's how I got yeah. my foot in the door at PA Renfair because she told the vendor coordinator, like, well, you need her. Mm -hmm. So um, that's how I got in. And then Shannon jumped in with Ginger there and Tony uh, just started vending with me last year because I bought two buildings. She helps me run one. So I think PA Renfair was kind of like where the four of us really, really came yeah. together. Um, but, but we going, did like cogs. And yeah, 
We're constantly looking for materials for each other. Each other. Yeah. That yes. is a huge like, I am part of it. Huge. Yeah. We're, we're searching for glasswork for yes. for Tony all the time. Um, I, you know, all of us go wandering through the woods and find dead things for these two. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, they're, and they're always hunting fabrics for me. Right. So that is, it's kind of nice because you've got a bigger yeah. spider web, a bigger yeah. network, constantly yeah. looking in different places you may not be and in. Another big part of it too is being able to discuss with other vendors, you know, what shows are good to sell at and what shows aren't. Huge. There, there's yeah. a lot of yeah. vendors where you Huge. have repeat vendors. You might have five or six different leather vendors right. at the same event. And if you have other people that have done that event, they can come back to you and say, well, you know what, there's this one, this one, and this one. This other vet might be a better, better suit, suit for you since there's less vendors along your lines there. And it becomes a lot of information swapping, which is critical to really getting your stuff out there. Uh, the technological websites, mm -hmm. computer, yeah. your accounting software stuff, um, we, I mostly do like I, I do online promotion. We use GoDaddy for uh, earthly leather design, and uh, we go through Square for Axe and Bear. Um, so like is that I, I don't. Expensive? No, um, GoDaddy is like fifty bucks a month, and Square a month. Yes, but I have like a whole bunch of Whoa, extra yeah. things. Are you much? Yeah. yeah. Um, like I have my domain name and sure. stuff like that. Um, I, my husband actually deals with okay. the technological mm -hmm. side because I want to make things. Blue Lowe's would be another less um, expensive. But square. Is, I don't make stuff fast enough to be a vendor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm more of a, I do it on commission. Right. Yeah. So th um, this is where this would be useful for you. Okay. So you want to make friends with somebody that does not the same type of work, but that will mesh well, that'll complement it. So like me and Ginger, well all of us share a tent often, mm -hmm. and we set it up so it all goes together. So you wanna find somebody you mm -hmm. can blend in mm -hmm. with, but you're different and not crossing over each other. What is your medium? Yeah, yes. Uh, Inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. oh okay. yeah. This, um, it won honorable mention at the Iowa State Fair. Yeah. My Amazing. steampunk plank yeah. doctor mask won blue ribbon. Oh, fantastic. Uh, That's awesome. When the when pandemics struck, mm -hmm. yes. I've been dabbling doing eye patch workshops right. and little things like that. Yeah. And it's like, I'm retired. Right. So I didn't get started until I was doing any of this until I was just shy of my 60th birthday. Yeah. That's and awesome. This is, 10 years. Cool. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, I do the steampunk folk and the Irish folk. Mm -hmm. So I That's end up going to the Red Fairs, although I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say that every <laughs> Set up and tear down is, uh, especially on Sunday, Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot move. Okay. And you want me to tear it all down, pack it up, load mm -hmm. it up, uh, ain't happening. Yeah. I need a road crew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I started doing leather stuff more and more. Um, and I had done a plague doctor mask and put a picture up. Yeah. And oh my God. And I had friends who wear glasses and they said, well, um, I can't wear a plague doctor mask. Right. Because I, I can't see without my right glasses. Yeah. I can't wear my 
So I redesigned the plate doctor mask for the half mask. Mm -hmm. okay. My other mask is a uh, pink flamingo. Like finding someone so, in your area that would be so, interesting and, and, and usually like I charge 20 to 30 percent commission. So like if Ginger takes my bag, she gets 20 percent on whatever she sells. Okay. You know, so that's how we work that when like she goes to a show and I don't or I go and I take some of her so stuff. So back to the social media and right. Yeah. How, how, how do you handle that for your yourself oh. and your business? They they give me crap because I'm like social media. They're like, I don't have time to post pictures, and I'm like, do the things. Um, <laughs> but it's um, I think it's. I'm trying to keep this brief. Lasers. It's it's been like the past couple of years have been a fascinating journey as far as like social media promotion and sales because we 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 lost so many live events and you know we're kind of slowly creeping back into them which is amazing but there's still you know plenty of of, of struggle um from a from a maker perspective there but i think it's been kind of uh an interesting journey to like learn how to social media in a pandemic okay, because when they talk about social media yeah, the only so thing that I think of is Facebook. Facebook, Instagram, Instagram the TikTok, the TikTok, Google. Twitter. Actually, Google. I survived because of Facebook. Yeah. Like, I just joined every group that had the word bone or leather in it, and I spent my days sitting at the sewing machine, posting and sewing and trying to get orders. And so, yeah. Because everybody was online. Yeah, everybody was um, online, yeah. so that's where you had to be. But I think um, uh, I did a little bit um, in 2020, a little bit of research. Like there are some of them you have to, to pay for. So it's it's a budget. And what, right. How much do you want to spend on like learning how to promote on the Internet? And, you know, like there are articles written about how to get your algorithms higher. And I, you know, spent a little bit of time reading, and you know, silly things that maybe I hadn't thought of before. Um, something like 68% of the people who comment and like on my Instagram posts are based in California. That's super cool. I'm in Virginia. That's a three hour time difference. So if I post something at 9am my time thinking people are at their desks, they're bored at work, like they're sipping their coffee, they're just scrolling. It's 6 a.m., right? Did I get that right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I was like, hold on real quick. It's 6 a.m. in California. Like, those kids aren't even awake yet, I don't yeah. think, right? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You, right? <laughs> Thank you, right? There we go. We're here to You know, so, like, by the time they're up and scrolling Instagram, they're, you know, my hashtag game might be really strong, but by the time they're scrolling, my post might be buried. So, you know, it was a, it was a lot of that kind of learning. And Instagram, I, I think everybody here probably has a different social media favorite platform. I really like Instagram because I'm very visual, so I love the photos. And I think overall Instagram is better at mm -hmm. getting your post out there. Yeah, I, agree. Um, I agree. And it does a really good job of yeah. automatically filtering into your Facebook page. Yes. You, know, you yeah. can set it up to go to a bunch of different media directions at yeah, the same has time. Links. So one post and done, because I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> not lazy. Not lazy. She's yeah. busy. There's a difference. And I, I don't pay for a ton of advertising. Maybe around Christmas no. I'll do some Google ads, but mostly it's all just doing what it What does your budget look like for that? I'm curious. Like, advertising? Like when you, um, I'm sorry, how do I? When I do it? Like when I do, I, I have, again, during the pandemic, I was like, well, let's 
Let's see right. how much an ad costs. And um, Instagram has a I neat mean, little feature yeah. where you can set how much, much you want to spend. Yeah. And what I'll do is I'll start with 10 bucks. Yeah. For a week span, just to see what it gets. Yeah. And if it brings in enough, I'll up that budget. So, so like, if I post an ad and it only spends a dollar in a week, it's obviously a bad ad and I need to try again. <laughs> so I think there's there's a lot of really neat tools yeah, out there for experimenting. You all have your own websites. Yes. Yes. I do not have a website. You do not. Oh, I do not. I do not either. Okay. I, I have a Facebook page that I primarily use okay. as a gallery. Yeah. I don't make the same thing twice. So running a website becomes very difficult when you're trying to remember. Okay, what sold, what didn't sell, what do I have to take pictures of, what do I need yeah. to post? Yeah. So a, a gallery becomes a little easier for me if anybody is interested in something or wants a custom piece, they can contact me directly. But for the most part, my sales are all in person, which so is you kind of a album on your Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. well, I'm in the right direction then. Yeah. That's so wait, do you have an Etsy? So so for me, um, I do I do have Etsy, Facebook, um, and then I have a, a WordPress based you know actual website. Uh, one of the advantages of the WordPress. WordPress site is that one, I'm horrible at this stuff. Um, I am not the social media guru in my household. I'm actually having to hire somebody this year um, just because it's, I, one, I don't have time because I need to be in front of a sewing machine. Um, and two, the, you know, every six months they're updating something and I have to go in and relearn how to create the post. But the WordPress site um, for me is, is a pretty easy point and click. Uh, it also has the ability to attach my entire um, Facebook gallery I'm sorry, Etsy um, gallery to it. So you can actually scroll to the bottom of my WordPress site and everything from my Etsy site that I have listed currently is right there. You can click on it and it'll take you to the Etsy site and you can purchase. Nice. I have the same problem that Tony does. A lot of my items are upcycled one at a time, one of a kind. So if you think 10 photos times 500 pieces, I'd rather be sewing. I really would. Um, a lot of my clients are repeat. Um, I do not, I, I actually spend no money on advertising. I'm completely word of mouth. Um, so during the pandemic, that was, that was rough. I mean, you know, everything was online and, and I don't, we're I don't do well. Posting, sharing, yes, pushing, we're huge like for each sharing other. each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, people like to touch my pieces. You can't do that during a pandemic. So the, I honestly, um, I was resilient for a long time and got talked into doing face masks because our local distil distillery was not allowed to open to make sanitizer without face masks and they couldn't get them. So I got talked into that and then through that, um, I handled a couple local things and then that turned into, I ended up with a Whole Foods account. So I was actually handling six different Whole Foods worth of masks um, for like six months. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I you did like a little commercial and everything. I did. I did a commercial. Yeah. It was weird. Uh, yeah. Well, that was the other thing that was important too, because on top of it, you know, I was keeping myself fully isolated, but I was also sending packages out to everybody. And I'm talking, you know, uh, Whole Foods would need 500 in three days. You know, there was a couple nights I just did not sleep. But my post-it wall, which was my entire ceiling, was every single package and the time that it left and where it went. Because if something happened and one of my clients ended up sick, I could look at the wall and go, okay, that day I shipped to these people and I need to contact them. Thank God that didn't happen. Um, but it was an insanely impressive thing to look at because I, I, it, it wasn't 
wasn't on my list of things to do, but again, adaptability is a yeah. huge thing as a business owner in, in, in this day and age. It but really also that's that, like, just from a social media perspective, like yeah. you, like, I'm not trying to say you, I, do no, like, you did a shit ton of work. Yeah. I remember the nights you weren't sleeping, yeah. but it was like, you know, yeah, you've got Whole Foods yeah. promoting yeah. You, this maker and it's like, and it was a can't really, ask for a better business partner there. You know? And it was a it was a neat experience because you know it was the first time for me that my social like actually looking at my Etsy site and it was like rated top on this site and on this and this and I'm like all because of face masks. They weren't looking at any of my other beautiful clothing. <laughs> it was about face masks, but it was just it was an interesting like, again experience yeah. just to understand. Yeah, that's so. kind of what launched me was the the first face mask. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like Dr. Mask up and somebody goes, Ooh, I want one. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you can also do, uh, we, we, up until this year, because I have packed my show schedule so hard, uh, we usually do custom orders only. So you get to, you could go to the website, you pick your belt, your bag, your bug frog, your skirt hikes, whatever you're getting. And then you can pick your pattern and then your color. And then, so you can just do online sales through Etsy and uh, just do custom. Does Etsy charge percentage? Okay, so Etsy it? has got- Here we go. Okay. <laughs> 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 this is- We have actually- Do you have an Etsy page? And I we I do, I do not. I send I everybody to my Facebook yeah. photo album. And then this is why. After you hit $10,000 on Etsy, they put you into a program that you have no choice but to advertise and they take 30 percent oh, of wow. your sale. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we have quit Etsy because we pulled such high numbers on there, but it also sucks because we pulled such high yeah. numbers yeah. on So I've just, I've basically gone to shows again because we pull more money in that way. And, yeah. and Square's only... Uh, no, it's uh, it's it's Plus under three, it's under three three percent. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the least expensive that's out yeah. there, and the system is supported really well. Etsy yeah. was wonderful in the beginning, and as soon as it they sounds were like Square's actually cheaper than PayPal. Yeah. Yes, it, it is. It, it is. is. It is. It is. And they're easier to do. Do we do we all use Square? Yes. yes. So we're all yes. Square fans. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Square oh, you Square. Square. It's a point of sale. Yeah. Um.
important thing that's helpful for me with Square is it automatically gives you all of your paperwork at the end of the year to be able to yeah. hand to your accountants. Square to does that, PayPal does it's, that, Etsy does that. Yeah. Um, uh, when I that's all I deal with, I think. When I left Etsy because they, I, I wasn't a big fan. fan I got mad when um, it stopped being all handmade, too. There's a lot of overseas sellers that aren't there when they were privately owned. Yeah. They, um, I felt like every month I was having to adapt to a new system, and I was getting frustrated. Plus, they did start, and I, I, I know you guys are dealing with this a little bit, too. They started getting a little funky. Like, we work with animal bones, and, and yeah, you know. The rules kept changing. The rules kept changing, and I was getting frustrated. So I did a little bit of research. There are actually, I think Etsy is probably still, like, the prime monster beast that everybody is right. familiar with. But there are actually a lot of really cool okay. other platforms. I now use Big Cartel. Um, and I'm very happy with oh. it. It's a much simplified version, but that's kind of it what I was really when it started. Um, it's probably and it's, it still helps me with tax stuff, but on a less, I mean, I still pay somebody to help me. I'm not good with numbers. Yeah. You pay somebody for that. But um, it's, you know, a monthly plan. I think my plan is kind of one of the medium ones. There is a free option that just only allows you to list a few items. But, you know, if you're doing custom pieces, right. um, that might be perfect, you know, because you can have the option to add customizable things to each item. So it still has a lot of the features that Etsy does. I think my plan is like $10 a month. Which, you know, for $120 a year to have that platform. And yeah, there might be months where I'm like, well, crap, I only got a couple sales, so maybe it didn't quite justify it. But again, having that platform that when I'm uh, applying to an event, be like, here's my big cartel page. Like, if you didn't want to scroll through my Instagram, like, this is a good representation of, of me. And some um, events only accept full website. Yeah. I've actually been to a couple of events that are like, if you do not have an actual website, they won't bring you on as a vendor. Um, so those are things that are important to look into. Um, it, it just it's, uh, things things you run into. Yeah. I know you mentioned something in reference to. Um, oh, I look, like I am. I'm a sole proprietor. Are you trying to LLC? Or are you trying to? I was trying to figure that out, but it's okay. a little like when you're trying to get a business license, it's like there's like yeah. ten different terms. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, that makes sense. You can start as a sole proprietor, which is, which is where you should start. Yes. And then once you get big, that's when you want to hit that LLC. So as I say, can we go down the road here? What are all of us? I'm currently a sole proprietorship. We're looking into an LLC because the LLC protects your stuff more. So if someone is in my booth at Parf, I have an insurance plan, but like if they get super hurt, they can go after everything I own. Yeah. The LLC, they can only get the business. Yeah. So that, that's the, the pros and cons. Yeah. So I, unclaimed treasures is sole proprietor. Like my my just just because I've done both sides. My husband and I have an LLC. We host a, a fireworks retreat, so like we had to be real careful with like insurance and stuff. So we specifically did an LLC for that business, so that if someone came after us, we we would be protected. They, there's a wall there. So there's that's it's the you know it's depending on what you're doing. Okay. Like but that's. I think freelance entertainment stuff too. That's why I was waiting. Yeah, we're all right. If you're an entertainer, you may want to look at the LLC a little deeper. And there's Rotate. Yeah. Rotate. 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 Also, sole proprietor. Yeah. But I don't do nearly as many shows as the rest of these lovely ladies. <laughs> we're so trying. Yes. We're working on it. We're going. We're working on it. We're wearing down. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, on, this, on, on that sense, there's a couple other tidbits and ways to work around the entertainment um, factor. If you are, uh, a weird tip I learned years ago is if you're actually not physically accepting money, uh, your uh, house or you know your household insurance for $12 will actually cover you as an entertainer. So if you burn somebody's entire tent down, um, it is covered for 12 bucks. You just didn't accept any money. Um, that just a, was a weird loophole from years ago. Uh, but generally, a lot of times your policies uh, through your own insurance company, and you can even do it through your car insurance company. I, I, I have everything through State Farm currently. Uh, they handle both my, my car, my trailer, my business. And my household, um, it's all you know separated out. Here's in the funny ways. thing: State Farm covered her building. Fair building, but they wouldn't cover mine. Yeah. So I had to go to Erie Insurance near mm. Fair because they were like, "We don't do that." And I'm yeah. like, mm, "I know you do." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the big things that was um, is, is helpful with that, especially starting out, is you don't have to get a year policy. You can actually talk to your insurance company mm -hmm. about like, "Hey, I'm going to be at this event." And I need to be covered for this for, you know, for example, PA Renfair is a million dollar minimum policy. Right. We have to have a million dollars on our booths just, just to cover just, our butts. Yeah. Um, I think I'm actually 1.5 at it because it also yeah. covers the business. So if the entire thing burns down, I'm at least getting something. Right. Um, really, yeah. it's not as much as you think. But uh, the, the point is, is you do have the ability to, to find a good insurance company yeah. that will find a good agent compartmentalize it for you. Like, who's your car insurance with? Uh, shoot, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever that company is, call them. Yeah, a phone call call or out. an email, be like, hey, I am I am looking into this. Like, if I were, it's like that whole, what's, who does the bundle thing? Progressive, they do yeah. all like bundle commercials. Well, they're only talking about boats yeah. and RVs because that's what like normal what Americans are doing. The yeah. rest of us are trying to bundle other things. But yeah. those do exist in the real world. We just, they're not advertised, you know, because yeah. we're not and voting on and links. I, I remember doing it early on and it really would be like 40 to $100, depending on the type of show that you were doing, instead of looking at like, oh um, God, what am I spending now? Um, oh, mine's three. stupid cheap for the year. I think I'm, I think I'm at yeah. three grand a year for everything. Oh, um, yeah, with the park buildings. Yeah, with the park buildings yeah. and everything. Yeah, I, I, but that's, we've grown that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah, when I started, it was like maybe 500 bucks for the year. It was like yeah. 50 bucks a month because I didn't own yeah. anything yet. I was basically covering my trailer and my um, stock. Mm -hmm. So if something happened on the road, yeah. all that would be covered. And you know, as I grew, so did my insurance policy. Okay. This is confusing because I know a lot of people that figure out their own business and it feels like something like kind of, kind of like blindfold, you throw the dart on the board and you try to figure it out from there. Yeah. No, ask me. My dad, my dad owns a business. Uh, he owns a motorcycle business. He's been doing that. He started out at county fairs and then fell into motorcycle stuff. And now he has the shop that's been open for, I'm 39, so 36 years. <laughs> um, but the one thing he told me when I started is do your own paperwork. Know where your money's going. Yes. You know, what you have left. Because, you know, having an accountant know that and not you hurt your business. And then once you don't use a family them, member. Do not, not use, use a family member. member. Do, do not. not use a family member. They don't need to know the money you're making. Yeah. I tell mine I'm poor. Okay. <laughs> 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 so, right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know where your money's going and, and making sure it's not going in someone else's pocket. So do you have a formula for pricing? Yes. I do. 
Yes. We all do, yeah. Yeah. I do materials, different. time, and I, um, it depends on what I'm making to whether I double it or add 30% or, you know, you want to keep things reasonable so people can still buy them. Yeah, I, um, can, I can put a $600 price tag on some of the stuff right. that I do, yeah. but, and it'll be worth it. Yeah, absolutely. But you have to find that person. You've yeah. got to find that one person who's willing to pay 600 Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the actual, like, documented formula that's out there is, uh, is uh, times four. So you take the cost of your materials, time, etc. Let's say that number is $10. Um, and then you times it by four. So $10 is your materials, $10 is your insurance overhead, etc. $10 is taxes. So now it's a $40 item and you're hopefully making $10. Yeah. So it's the times four formula. Um, now, if you know you're not a brick and mortar store that's got to keep the lights on all the time, you know you can shimmy that number right. a little bit. Right. And that's where you, you, know, you learn how to, to fluff it. There's certain things I know, like linen is a much more expensive product for me, so my markup is very minimal and I don't have squeak room. But when I'm upcycling something, I have the ability to, you know, have that markup and be able to work with my clientele a little bit. So, you know, um, the rule of quarters has, has always been my way of going about it. And I think that that's important because I think that sometimes we all, because we have all done this to each other, we'll kind of like fall into a pattern or we, as creative minds, will make something and we don't love it. And then we'll tend to put a lower price tag on it, and that's a terrible choice because somebody else is gonna love it, and we still need to be paid for our work. But I think, again, just like the theme of collaboration, I I I love being able to. Tony and I just had this experience yesterday when we were setting up. She's got these beautiful hair clips, which you should all come come stand with. Yeah. Yeah. We all supporting them. Um, they can also go on happy ends. Um, but you know, she, it's a new product and she's feeling out pricing and you know, she's throwing right. numbers at me and I'm saying, I think it's worth a little more than that. But you know, ultimately at the end of the day, there's, there's that, that happy medium. Right. Like, well, I should put this price tag on it. I also would like to sell some of them. So as long as my base formula is not completely off, you know, it's a yeah. little bit of give and take, but also again, sometimes I feel like we get so stuck in what we're making, right. it's really beneficial. Ginger's got some amazing, we're gonna photograph them in the desert, it's gonna be beautiful. She's got some beautiful prototypes for a new product that you know we're trying to figure out what's the price point for this. So again, that level of collaboration, like being able to step outside or have somebody else step outside of your box for a minute yeah. and be like, really think you need to charge more, more for that or the other side, it's maybe a little less comfortable is like, I know there's a lot of work in that, but I think that just seems really high. And again, like it's that let's support each other. I want to be honest with yeah. you. Right. You need yeah. that. You need that. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's also the discussion of where do you want your business to be? Do you want to be Walmart? Or do you want to be a boutique? Do you want to be a little more of a... I'm classy Walmart. Okay. <laughs> a classy Walmart. <laughs> I can't help okay. myself. Like, I make, I, I have crafters ADD, like, hardcore. And I'm like, I'm making this. Yeah. Now I'm making bone stuff. Now I'm doing this. Yeah. And, I've, and I've my husband's like, space. you need to pick one. I'm like, no, I love it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most tools win. <laughs> <laughs> you need to adapt, too. Like, yes. like I was primarily doing glass for a really, really time but then I would do certain shows where glass wouldn't sell right you and I had to come up with either impulse items or some other kind you of you need to have a, a price point uh, everybody will buy a ten dollar item like kids got ten bucks in their pockets yeah. not to sound greedy but like you have to have that 
you know, I don't have one actually. She, she does not. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's working on it. She's working on it. But yeah, Tony found her niche this year on her, you know, ten to twenty dollar items. You know, you have to have that small thing for. You know, we were all poor once. We we only had little spending money, not you know, big. Nice outfits and deer pelvises. <laughs> so that you got to keep that in mind too. So like, um, I can't remember. Tony asked me a question at, at Ren Fair, and I'm like, "Well, you need to find your five dollar item. Like, your stuff is fifty and up. You need that small thing." Yeah. And she and she found that. Yeah. We we helped with um, kind of a kind of a fundraiser for Smith Buckley. And the most successful thing was a 50 cent fairy bottle. Fairy uh, yep, yep, yep. Because the kids could come up and with their own money, yep. prices, yep. Like, yep. Price yep. it out of capitalism and personal goods. Yep. Like, but, <laughs> but the empowering of it, they could buy something, they yeah. could take something out, they could buy it. And the way it's like, it was costing them maybe, yeah. 20, you know, maybe 20 cents. Right. If, if that, to make it, because, you know, it's just a matter of just pouring. Of course, mm -hmm. you're doing. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I had a friend selling jar dirt, five bucks. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Pirates of Caribbean was popular right then and there, and yeah. she, she was yeah. selling them left and right. Oh, yeah, it's, so, so yeah like but yeah. You're like, you're not, you know, the, the kid's not going to buy a $200 mm -hmm. closer. Right. But they will one day, and you're establishing relationships with them. and. It's extremely important to create multiple price points because there are definitely times I have made some pieces and I'm like, oh my god, this is never going to sell. What the heck? Am and that's I the doing? first thing she sells at the show. And it like, is. I told you. And it's the craziest <laughs> feeling because you know I do keep like hitcher sets at a price point that is achievable. And but then there's the person who's like, well, I've gotten my first like two starter hitcher sets, and I'm right. really excited. And they're like, oh, I want that completely that unique, light up, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know, one of a kind silk that you know, yeah, the price point for that is in the three fifty range. You know, and it's important to have your have your small items, but don't be afraid to build those big items too. Um, because you know, you've got, you're creating a following. You're, you're helping people go through a journey and an adventure mm -hmm. to become you know, the character that they wanna be. And you want them to be able to like step it up a little bit more and you wanna teach them how to do that. I mean, I spend a ton of my time teaching people in general how to dress. For their shapes, for their bodies, mm -hmm. for you know, we all we've all come so far. Thanks, for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it's but it is a it's important, you know, because everybody wants to feel pretty. Everybody wants to feel good about themselves. They want to walk away with a smile. And honestly, the biggest thing for me as a vendor is that like I I could I could go home not make a dollar and it's gonna suck but at the same time if I send a bunch of people away or a handful of people away with a big smile because I actually tried something on and went wow this fits mm -hmm. okay I have a goal I'm gonna work on saving up money to get this at the next right. event because it's gonna fit and it's gonna last no, anyway, sorry. didn't mean to tangent their kids. We, no, we are um, we're we're getting to the point where oh, we should okay. be finishing up. Sorry, that's so, a, wow, that just flew by. I, I was like, what are we going to talk about? Is there like any... I, he, he was trying to squeeze in a question, yeah, and we yeah. didn't finish answering it. We only got halfway on your original okay. question at the beginning, which was, how did you get to full-time? Short version for me is I worked for my parents half my life, and then... Um, I do the SCA, I started making items for friends, they're like, you should sell this full time. So each year I 
took a little bit of time from full job and put it into this job. And I've been full time, what do you say, like five, maybe yeah, six years? We're about five, six years solid. Yeah. So, yeah. That, that answers his question. I was just wondering how many of you have your own private studios that you work or rent a studio, or are you just oh. So that's a unique question. Um, I think it's different for all of us. Uh, I I mean, I used to have a, literally, I worked at my closet for the first couple right. of years. It was ridiculous. Um, I, I just moved out of my 20 by 30 foot studio that we had revamped in the upper part of my house. Um, and the nice part about doing it in your house is you can actually write off your square footage yeah. uh, for taxes. Mm -hmm. So that's huge, and it also yes. takes a percentage of your, um, oil and electric and all of those things. So there is an advantage to keeping it inside of your house if you can. Um, if you've got the money to go rent a studio, more power to well, you. Well, there's the collaboration portion where you in studios with a lot of other artists. And, and I share with my dad. Yeah. Uh, me and okay. my dad share a workshop. He shares his tools with me. Um, I let him hang out. <laughs> I keep telling him, I'm like, Time for you to go, buddy. <laughs> I'm like, I need this shelf. Can you get your crap off of it? My studio is, for the most part, is I try to confine it to one room. But, but it's during, in your home, right? It's, it's in my home. home. And you know, during show season, I take over every flat surface in the house. Yeah. No, nothing about that. Uh, mine is also in my home. I would love, I, I live in the boonies. Like everything is an hour from me, like even my grocery store. It's cool and sucks at the same time. I would love like what you're describing because there are a couple like in, in Fredericksburg, there are like yeah. artist, you know, collaboration studios. And I, I love visiting those. I spend a lot of dollars there because I'm weak. But I would, I would love to have a, a space like that because I just, I feel like that creative energy is amazing and I would love to share that. But it's just, for me, it's not like... I'm not gonna commute an hour to work to work for myself. It's just, yeah. you know, it doesn't quite work out. So I, I love that idea and I would love to sometimes. And then that is a form of overhead, which yeah. you do have to take into. Right. Now you've got to think sure. about that and your pricing. If you're sure. spending $600 a month yeah. on this space, yeah. what else can you do with that $600? Yeah. Can you squeak a space out of your backyard? Can you find, you know, a kid's finally moved out. Taking your room. Like, <laughs> don't come back. <laughs> Build a she shed. Build a she shed. Yeah, I mean, come on. Home Depot, you can literally get yeah. a shed like for... 10 grand. Yeah, less than 10. Yeah. Yeah. We looked at it, though. Sharon, Sharon got the big, big one. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I let friends come over to the workshop all yes. the time. You know, they'll yeah. come over like, I want to build this. I'll help them build that. Oh, or, you know, I, I want to sew this. Or I need to fix my tent. Or, yeah. yeah. Well, right around the summer of the year, Costco has like the plastic build-up sheds that you can do. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Costco, further. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't checked out all the sheds at Costco, so they're surprisingly really good. I've, I've actually been known in the summer um, to put a pop-up tent in the front yard and actually set up my machine <laughs> outside. Yeah. Yeah, Literally just outside. so I can get outside. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm I've been up doing to, that for the last two yeah. weeks. Yeah. You know, I'm literally up to 10 to 12 hours a day in front of a sewing machine, and I need something other than, like, you know, yeah. recycled air. Um, my my husband will drag me outside. Yeah. Literally. You know, it's like, like, no, what is that? Yeah. 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 carving bones. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, carving yeah. so, so technically, we're, we're cut off. Hopefully, we, we gave you guys some good information. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Could could we ask you to get a, a photo Maybe. of that?
Thank you for listening to the Creative Play and Podcast Network. And feel free to enjoy our other shows, such as D&D Journey of the Fifth Edition and Scion Ragnarok and Roll, a Scion hero to Ragnarok story. Thank you for listening.